Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. joy it is to be with you this morning. And uh, Pastor Arthur, you, you've been hiding the, that glorious gift from us, and we're definitely going to have to let that be known. Uh, the treasures that are in this house that uh, have to come outside. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. But, uh, we're definitely going to Bless fathers today. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Charles Stanley who, who said, uh, you know, on Mother's Day the women get blessed, they get honored, they get taken out to the brunch afterwards, and men on Father's Day just get hammered, just get beat up. You know, uh, your, your family get, what do you do? Wake up, you know, be the dad you're supposed to be. You know, but uh, I promise I won't do that to you. I trust you will be blessed. Because uh, you have been, you got an awesome calling uh, as men upon your lives, and, and it is a joy. And so, uh, if you open up with me, uh, let's just start. Always good just to start right with the word, and then uh, get into it. But just uh, open up to uh, Gen. No, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy. We're going to go to today. Deuteronomy. Chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 6 through 9. I believe it's a familiar scripture to most of you. This scripture, uh, if you were Jewish, most Jewish people uh, say this. This is a prayer along with several other three portions of scripture they do, and this is the first part of it, and this is the heart of it of what they pray, and some of them pray this three times a day, every single day. And I believe, uh, especially as we look upon the Father's heart, and especially our Father's heart, what He has given us to have the proper heart in being a Father under Him to our children, He gives wonderful instruction in these Scriptures. So here we go, verse 6 of chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the frameworks of your your homes, on your houses, and on your gates. And uh, with this, I will add with this, as, as Jesus did when he quoted from this scripture and the greatest commandments, he said the second is like it from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Jesus said, love your neighbors. As yourself. The greatest commandments. And upon these hangs the entire laws and precepts of God. Heavenly Father, we, we bless you. We bless your name. We bless your heart. 
We thank you for the desire that you have in creating us to be in that loving relationship with you for eternity. And thank you, Father, that uh, you not only blessed us with that calling, but you have blessed us as fathers, that we would partner with you, that you would use us to glorify your name and glorify your kingdom. And so we ask for your blessing upon this time as we look upon your word. Holy Spirit, have your word. Change us. Impart your greater glory into us that we would move so much deeper into our calling and our destiny and a purpose of what you've created us for. Both men and women. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. amen. Again, it is a delight to be here. It's such a blessing for uh, three of my four children are with me today. And uh, hallelujah. Yeah. That's uh, they're blessing pops today. Uh, but. <laughs> That's uh, Jessica, and, and there's Peter and James, and uh, my other son is Stephen. Uh, and then that's my first grandchild, Grace, Grace Rose. And my second grandchild, as you can see, is on the way, due in September. And his name is going to be William Billy as well. Hallelujah. Glory. Good name. All right. <laughs> That's good. Well, I have, uh, you know, it's always good to do lists of ten things. And so uh, here uh, I'll go into a list of ten things, how you, you know you're a father. All right? So I know you've probably heard a lot of these this week, but here's, here's my list today. Uh, ten things uh, when you know you're a father. Uh, number one is your, your favorite uh, last words are ask your mother. Uh, uh, number two is you... You used to walk to school in three feet of snow, and that was uphill both ways. And uh, my children have heard that story, and it's true. Uh, maybe, maybe two feet, but it was true. Uh, uh, number three, you, you know what honeydews are. Uh, number four, your favorite baseball team is a little league game. Number five, everything starts with, uh, well, when I was a kid. And number six, you start sounding like your father. And I have caught myself, and, and there's some instances that my father was an awesome father, but there were some instances where I had to repent because I sounded like my father and uh, had to change a few things. But uh, for, for the most part, my father was an awesome father. He could just yell. He could really, really yell. And uh, I had to get that out of my, got to get that seed out of my spirit. <laughs> Needed a little deliverance there. <laughs> but uh, uh, number seven, uh, you, you can't understand how six-year-old, how a little six-year-old turned into 16 overnight, and in my case, uh, 30 in a day. <laughs> uh, uh, you know the McDonald's menu by heart? I probably would do that anyway, even if I wasn't a father. But <laughs> All right. Uh, Number nine, uh, you forget to pick up the children from school because you were busy duct taping, well, just about anything. <laughs> and number ten, you look at your children's sleeping little faces and tears come to your eyes and say, what a blessing from God they are. And 
And so uh, the message today is the Father's heart. And I'm going to add a little bit to that. Uh, uh, my boys and I, we, we have this uh, movie line. You know how you get your favorite movie lines. And I think our favorite that comes up more than any other that we get the greatest kick of is, is from the movie uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. If you remember towards the end of that movie when uh, Nicolas Cage, he saves the detective's life uh, and, and, and then the detective goes to him and says, well, I understand why you did what you did. And he just goes, this is the line, a brother's love is a brother's love. That's our line. We just, we just love that one. That's uh, our rule of life. Well, I like to, this message is a father's heart is a father's heart. And our Heavenly Father's heart, in His plan, and even as He gave us this Scripture, a guideline, is His heart is to be our heart. And our heart is to be our children's heart. And so it goes on. And that's the beauty of this. In this, What we've got to understand is His plan in this is eternity. It's a blessing to be a father. We must focus on eternity. And the plan is for eternity. And so... In that, if we look at Scripture, it's not too hard to find, especially uh, with Abraham. Remember Abraham now, his, he, he was promised that he was going to be blessed as a father. And not just a father, but a father of nations, as many as the sands are on the shore. Uh, that was the first uh, illustration that our Heavenly Father gave him. But as he was really getting discouraged, he was getting on in years far beyond the years, and his wife as well, far beyond the age to have children, uh, he was beginning to have some doubts, and, and, and he's, he, he was regretful before God, saying, my inheritance is going to go to the child of my maidservant, and not, uh, you know, uh, not the son that you promised. And, and it was at that place where our Heavenly Father says, Abraham, wait a minute, take a look above you. Take a look at the stars. He says, you go ahead, take a look at the vastness of those stars. And he says, that's how many children you are going to have. And so our problem, and even as fathers, and even as in life, we are focused on here and now. Because it's what it's really affecting us. It affects our emotions. Everything about us we, we have to deal with today. Uh, and, and, and then tomorrow, we forget about that God promised he will take care of every need that we have tomorrow. But we focus on now, and so even this curtain could be, let's say, a life, all right? You know, like, what's the man's life with 70, 80 years if he has the strength, Psalms tells us. So, you know, you take seven steps, one, four, five, six, seven, and boom, life's over. That's it. That's all the time we got. And yet, how much of our energy... Our focus is on this, taking care of this. And that's why God said to Abraham, you are, you are, you are focusing on something way too small right here. Take your eyes and put it upon eternity because that's my plan, eternity. And so we as, as fathers must know that as we're, as we're uh, being the fathers that God has called us to be is to know that, uh, that it's an eternal that it's, which one is, is grabbing us? Am I living for this life? Or am I living 
for the life that is promised. Abraham believed it. He believed it and it was, it was credited as righteousness to him. He saw it, even though he only had, he had one son upon his death in this life, yet he already saw it as accomplished, the eternal promise. And you know the amazing thing about that? He saw it already done. You know the amazing thing is he's got to be one of those in the great cloud of witnesses that are looking down upon us. You know why? Because he's, he's being so blessed. Because why? Because that purpose, that calling upon his life to this day until the Lord returns is still being fulfilled and accomplished. Not only with Israel, the sons of Abraham, but even more so with you and I, the Gentiles, being drafted in and called in. We are a continued blessing and fruit of the promise that God gave Abraham so far back. So we as fathers, in the same way, in the calling that we have, know that it goes so far beyond this life. It's eternal. You know, the, I was going to, I was raised Catholic. Right? And so uh, I knew that there was a calling upon my life. And, and so as a Catholic, the only way you can do that is become a priest. And so I said, okay, I'll become a priest. And I was signed up, Divinity School, the whole works. And I was, I had a, I had a, I call it my glorious mountaintop experience. I was going across country and I, I was up in the Rockies of Canada in this glorious spot, you know, overlooking mountains. I'm in shorts yet I'm walking in snow because it was July, but there was still snow up there. And I'm looking at this. All of a sudden, you know, people are walking on the trail and I find myself getting caught up in the, in the, the, the wonder of our, our God, of our Father. And, and I, I, I knelt in the snow with my shorts on, just praising God. It's just so glorious. And it was at that moment that, clear as anything, uh, I heard in my spirit that I was not to become a priest. And what my father promised me, he said, he said you are to marry Luann. See, I already uh, I, I, I had a relationship with my wife, but I broke it off because I said, well, the only way I can answer this calling is becoming a priest. And clear as anything. And believe me, I cut that off because, you know, I didn't even want to think of that. I looked at it as a temptation. I was not thinking of Luann at all in that moment, but clear as a bell came, you are to marry Luann for you and her together will do great things for me. And so I, I praise God for that. You know, and, and if I focus upon this brief time that I have here, for myself, if I, if I try to judge it, I would say to God, God, when? I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it in this life, the, the greatness. And yet, my father has me turned towards his kingdom. And I, with all my heart, I, the greatest thing that the Lord has blessed me with and the great things that shall come forth in, in my and Luann's relationship are my children and the awesome calling on their life and the awesome calling on their children's children's children. For, for that's the way our Father operates. How many times does the promise come when not only to Abraham, but there were other promises of many generations to be blessed, correct? You know, that the sins of the Father will be with Him for 
was four generations. But the blessings of the righteous man go how many generations? One thousand generations. You try to imagine one thousand generations. We're talking eternity. Okay? One thousand generations is, is, is an awful lot of generations. The blessings shall go. The sons of Zadok. I don't know if you're familiar with that. In Ezekiel. That's your homework. Ezekiel chapter 44. The sons of Zadok were Levites who, who were faithful to God's calling upon their life in, in keeping a God's uh, a temple holy and sacred. And God blessed them greater than any other Levites. And he, and he promised them that the sons of Zadok would always have uh, sons who would be ministering unto God. There were sons of Jonadab. All right, that's in Jeremiah chapter 35. We're told about them. They were, uh, Jonadab was the son of uh, uh, Rechab. Uh, they're known as the Rechabites because of that. All right, well, they were, they were given a command, and Jonadab gave this to his sons, that they weren't allowed to drink any wine, weren't allowed to build a home where everybody else was building homes. They had to remain in tents. Everybody's partying up. They never touched a drop of wine. And, and they were faithful to that. Read, read it. You can read it yourself. Homework. But because of their faithfulness, and God used them as a picture as he's judging Israel. Israel was not faithful in their commands to honor God, yet the Rechabites were. And God put them in comparison. He told them how he was going to judge Israel. But the blessing that he said to, to the Rechabites was this. He said, but your blessing, because of your obedience will be that you will always have a descendant, a son, who will serve me. Now you say, you know, my goodness, that, you know, kingdom is good, you know. Uh, <laughs> blessed with a thousand children, that's good. You know, all these, there's so many things you could think of to be blessed. But then, but I wouldn't look at being a servant as... Wow, a mighty blessing. That's because we're looking at this life. We're looking at what this life has done to that term. The atrocities that still take place to this day with that term, but we don't look at it in a kingdom perspective. The awesome blessing it is to serve our mighty God. And that in the blessings to come in eternity, there can be nothing greater. And that's what I want of my children and my children's children's children. They will be blessed with the glory and the honor of serving our Heavenly Father. And so we also, we put pictures on that. And we've got to be careful not to do that. Uh, you know, like the only way you serve is if you're a pastor. We, we put things in categories as we do with our life as well, in categories rather than what, and by the way, what I read at the Scripture at the beginning, that's known as the Shema. All right, so when I say the Shema, I'm referring to the Scripture for today uh, from Deuteronomy there. But when we look at the Shema, what it's saying is, is don't you define how that will be walked out in those that will serve me. <laughs> Elmo's a favorite. <laughs> One of my favorite too, although she knows Goofy is my favorite. All right. <laughs> but one of my greatest failures as a father, 
okay, was because we're supposed to, you know, raise up our children in the way they should go. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind. And then teach these things to your children. Talk about them when? When you lie down, when you get up, walk along the road, uh, you know, all these things. Well, I put it in categories in that religious sense where, okay, I've got to teach my children, so I've got to do it. I, gotta, I have to get this done. So we, for... I think it was a brief period of time, but my children will tell you it had to be years because it was such torture. But we, we got to the place where we had to have devotions, right? family devotions. Now, now, let me put this disclaimer in. If devotion time with the family is working for you, glory to God. And use it and bless God, bless your children, bless your family with that. With me, the hair has gone. Most of it went during that time. But it, it was such torture. The worst time of the day every day was when we got to get into the Word of God. Because, you know, who's, who's pulling whose hair? Who's, you know, talking when you're not supposed to? You know, it, was, it was torture. And, and it just occurred to me as I, as I was praying, wait a minute. What God is telling me here in the commandments to love Him with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my strength and, and to teach these things to my children, He's telling me, just let me be your dad. Love me. Love me. Just be. Just be who I have called you and made you to be. And as you do that, let your children know that that's why you live the way you live. Because of what Jesus did for you. And who he means to you. Who he is to you. And what he's done for you. And how important it is that they need the same. And they need to walk in the same way. And, 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 and to love the Father in the same way. Let them see it. Let them know. But it, and it doesn't mean just, just living it. Yes, you've got to talk. It says talk about these things. And so, so but, it, but is it in a scheduled time? No, what, what the Shema is saying, life, life, be it, live it. Let, if I am your father, then let it be known that I am your father. And this gets to the place of, of the love part. You know, it's, a, it's eternal, this call to be a father. It's an eternal thing. It's a love thing. And if we don't get the love right, we won't get the father part right. And, and, and so, of course, in Scripture we're told uh, that uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 7, Verse 13, we get the sample of the Father's love. It says, uh, God is good, right? And His loving kindness is foreverlasting. His love endures forever, forever. Again, the eternal thing. So the love is with the eternal part. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, uh, it tells us what real love is. John is awesome. I call John my, my apostle of love. He's my loving he just, he just understood. He understood what it was to be in the arms, to be wrapped in the arms, to, to rest on the chest, uh, on the bosom of our Savior, and just to, to, to want to be no place else. He knew what, what the, that love relationship was all about. But he, he said, this is, this is what love is. What, how do you know what real love is? Look at Jesus. That's what he said in First John. He says, real love, look at Jesus. Jesus gave his life. No other way we could we could walk in, in this, you know. And, and yes, eternity. Focus on the eternal, 
but live this life for the eternal because this is where it counts. And so when we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, it's not because, oh, I've got to worry about getting into heaven. No, it's, it's what am I going to do with this precious gift that I have been given? We have been given life. God's life dwells within us, the Holy Spirit. We have been given this treasure. What are you doing with it? And so, look at Jesus. Be Jesus. Uh, chapter 4, verse 16 in First John says, God is love. And so if I'm going to love God with all my heart, my soul, and my mind, of course we know that uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now you can look at that. You can beat yourself up as a dad. You know, as I said, I'm not going to do to you, but you can let the devil do it to you. Uh, you can, you know, let him hammer you. You can keep reminding us how much we've failed, how much I've failed. <clears throat> I've failed many times. And my children, praise God, they are forgiving as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I look at that commandment not as a commandment but yet as a promise if you love me you will keep my commandments love him know his love and love him you will walk in his commandments and what is walking in the commandments what does he desire of us that's in uh, my scripture for that one that just about sums up everything in walking in love is Micah chapter 6, verse 8. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Do justice. Love mercy. Walk humbly before your God. And so I, I ask the Holy Spirit to judge me in these things, to keep me close in His arms. To, to that, that I could honor, because I know I can't do it. Oh my goodness, how easy it is to be tempted and to and to and to slip. You know, the do justice part. See now, a father, our father is always he's eternal. It's eternal love, never changing. And he has put this mantle upon us for those that he has lent us for uh, <laughs> a brief period of time. Blessed us with is a better word. And given us a responsibility of teaching his love to them. And so if we're going to do that, it can't be just do this because I said so. It does not happen. The blessings come when we walk in obedience in that place of love with the Father. That if we want to be blessed like Abraham, we want to be blessed like the preacher of Zadok. We want to be blessed by, like the Rechabites. Well, it's walking in the Shema daily. Loving God, all our heart and soul, and talking about and teaching it to our children. And so how easy is it to do justice? That's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. That's why I look at that. And, you know, do what's right. Do justice isn't judging somebody. It's not judging them. It's you judging yourself to do what is right to all men. And so, a simple example, simple one. Uh, one time I, I hit this car mirror. Uh, it's 
nice brand new car. You know, the side view mirrors, you know, how fancy and big they're getting. They're very easy to hit, all right? They're very big these days. But I took it out, and there was nobody around. Just me, So at least as far as I know. How quick, how quick the thoughts come. Nobody knows I did it. I can get away with this. This blew away. As a matter of fact, I heard the story once. If anybody's watching, just write on the note. Everybody thinks I'm giving you my name and address, but I'm really not. Sorry. And leave the note. I heard that story. They come quick. These thoughts racing in your mind. I've got to be who I've been called to be. And how easy it is for you to switch that when the devil brings that on you to say, wait a minute, if this was my mirror, what would I want that person to do? And I wrote the note, sorry. I began it with sorry rather than ending it with sorry. And I give my information. And I, you wouldn't believe the person who called me. You wouldn't believe how many times they told me they couldn't believe it. Your honesty. <laughs> this doesn't happen today. And I said, well, my daddy wanted me to do it. Uh, my heavenly father wouldn't let me get away with that because he loves you <laughs> as much as he loves me. <laughs> and there's an open door. But we got to just be every moment. Uh, doing justice. Uh, easy place to cheat is your taxes. Nobody knows it, but unless I get audited, how much the chance of me getting audited? Daddy knows. Honor your father in all things, and he will honor you. Love mercy. <laughs> My children have seen me. It's okay that your children see you struggle with things. My children have seen me get hurt. My children have seen me struggle with places that it's very difficult in my strength to forgive. And I trust that they saw me come through these struggles with the Father's mercy extended forth from my heart. They have to see it. They have to know that you are real. Don't, don't tell your children uh, something unless you, you know. And, and I had to repent many times. Coming before the Father. Father, I can't do this. Uh, and, and, and when you humble yourself, because that's the next thing, walk humbly before your God. Uh, he will help you. And, and, so, and in a place of humbleness, uh, I, the Philippians, Paul tells us in Philippians, a wonderful example of what it is to walk humbly before your God. It says, count everybody. Look at everyone as more important than you are. I've been accused lately that that teaching is destroying my ministry. Because I've looked at other ministries and other people as more important than myself and my ministries. And I tell them that their vision is way too small. Their dream is way too small. They're looking at now. They're looking at this where I know the promises of my Father and I have seen the vision that He has given me and I will walk in the ways that He has informed me to walk and I will honor my Father above all things. And He tells me to count others as more important. They are more important. 
because I know He will bless me. So, it's love. It's an eternal love. It's, a, it's that relationship. My, my heavenly Father, I mean, I'm sorry, my earthly Father, uh, he, he, he could be a tough man. Where I said he, you know, he, he wasn't just a yeller. Uh, he, he was a screamer. He, he, you know, all the neighbors knew when my father got home. Uh, you know, we were in a place where I would, uh, I didn't look forward to when my daddy came home. Because I know there was something I was going to be in trouble for. And just, you know, oh dear, he's coming down the block. You could see him walking down the block. So, but I, that, that went on for a little while. Uh, my my one brother has written about him, and he he firmly believes because my dad went through. He was a medic in World War II, and seen some real horrific things. And they say that when he came home from there, he was not the same as what he was. And yet, at the end of our days, uh, I'll share in a moment where I really see a turning point in my my dad and my relationship. But it all changed. It was completely different at the end of my father's. And he was truly, truly my best friend. My best friend. And uh, I remember one time, I was, I was about 17, I think. And I came home. Uh, my curfew, remember this now. You guys got off easy. My curfew then was 10 o'clock. I was 17 years old. And I got in at 10 after 10. Come on. But he wouldn't bend. And he was, he was you know, the screaming started. And, and actually, he ended this screaming with, if you don't want to marry these rules, get out! <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys to get out? I, don't, I hope not. <laughs> it, was, it was not a nice feeling <laughs> when he said it. But of course, you know, you've got to be tough. You know, it's okay, all right, all right. And I answered, I'll do it. And I walked out the door. And there was about five steps out our back door. And I didn't get to the last step before I put down on the bottom. I said, wait a minute. What am I, a fool? <laughs> it quickly came to me. It's nice. It's warm in there. <laughs> Every meal is provided for in there. It's really not so bad in there. What, why would I want to do this? But I stood right on that step for at least an hour. Let them, let them think I left. But I, I went back in, and by that time, my parents were already in bed. Now, they, they, they really were really concerned about me, really worried. <laughs> so, and, and you got to understand, in my family, there were seven of us, five boys, two girls. I have four brothers, two sisters, you know, a big family. So my parents slept in a, in a pull-out couch in the living room. So, so I didn't have to go too far. To, you know, I have to go by them to go up to my bedroom. So there's no getting by them. But uh, I, I would hope that my father was just pretending to be asleep. And I think he really was. But I just, I just touched him. And I, and, and I said, you know, because it really, I, I did mean it. I said, Dad, I, I'm sorry. And I got so upset. I just, Dad, I love you. And I really do believe that was the first time I told him I loved him. And he actually sat up. He got up. And he said, Billy, I love you too. And he grabbed me. And we 
grace. And that was a moment that something, something broke. Uh, and I don't want to spiritualize, spiritualize anything, but something broke at that moment where our relationship was never the same. And all of a sudden, I didn't come in ten minutes late, but if I did, I don't think it would have been even that big of a deal. You know, but uh, walking in love, and eternal love is the relationship that our Heavenly Father He's wanted all along. He's created us for that. Isn't that amazing? He's created us for that place. Of, I want you to be with me forever. And it's got to be that place where we choose it. We've got to stop, repent, turn around and say, this is where I want to be. And my father, my earthly father, at the end of his day, we were blessed with, he, he died of leukemia. And when we were told he was not going to make it, he was going to die, the Lord uh, gave us an extra seven years that were glorious seven years. And I remember tea time with my dad. I was as much as I possibly could before I went home from work to go to the crazy house with all the kids and the noise. And <laughs> I would go to my dad and have a cup of tea with my dad. And, and to this day, it's such a beautiful picture. He would always be in the living room. I'd come in the back door in the kitchen and... Uh, and before I got through the door, because I'd knock and then walk in, he would be already around the corner, coming down the hallway to the kitchen with this brightest, brightest smile. Yeah, look who's here. Look at... And that's how I was greeted uh, every time uh, at the end of his days. And we had a wonderful time having our tea together. Uh, and my dad was good. You know, he was a beer drinker. And my other brother, I, I you know, the Lord instructed me... Uh, you know, got to give up these things. And, uh, and so he, he, he enjoyed his tea just as much as he enjoyed his beer with my other brothers. <laughs> but just to be together. And uh, that was such an awesome picture that was caught to my heart in, in, the, in the excitement. Just now think of that. That was my earthly father. Just think of the excitement that our, our Heavenly Father has. He's waiting. He, uh, he, he wants to be with us every moment. Every moment. I'm with you. Let's do this together. I have such great plans for you. Don't you try to walk it out. Walk up to me. And we'll walk the eternal story out together in that place of identity of who you are. And that song, my goodness, can you get me that song? I want that song. Our identity. In a, wow. That's enough. Uh, we got to know who we are. Uh, I'm identified by my father. Wow. What an, oh, man. That's an awesome story. That's an awesome song. I need that. I need that. <laughs> but once we know that identity, you have the assurance to be uh, who God has called you to be. And the beauty in that is then this eternal plan. I watch my children uh, become men and women that I am very proud of and that I know that God has awesome, awesome things for them in store for them. And, you know, the beauty in heaven, uh, I can't wait. To, you know, I told my dad uh, when, you know, he was, he, was, he, he was in the last few moments of his life. Uh, I definitely, we had some time together. I definitely, you know, was able to speak with him. We got a rendezvous point. We will, we, we're going to rendezvous with our Heavenly Father. 
have that place together. And when that happens, as, as much as, you know, for all eternity, I believe he will be honored and blessed for what he, he instilled in me. Uh, even, you know, well, I don't know if I want to take the time. To, but, I, in the, you know, I was raised Catholic, but they, they taught me to know and love my Savior, Jesus. There was a, and, they, and, he, and he was faithful in that place. And what a beautiful thing. They, they know how to teach you the fear of God. <laughs> but but he, he, he honored our Heavenly Father in that way. And I believe in still in my mother as well. The love part. Oh, my mother. Oh, my goodness. How she taught me love. You know? And so they're going to be honored in that place. But, but yet, he's going to be my brother. For all eternity, we will have this relationship together because of our Father and my children. They have a rendezvous point when I go. And we will be brothers and sisters under our Father and with our Father for all eternity and our children's, 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 children. A thousand generations shall be blessed in this eternal love relationship. It's an awesome calling. You know, today... The sister here referred to it that, wow, we can praise God. It feels so much better this year than last year. Uh, uh, We're still not through it, but yes, I agree with you that things are changing. But we, if you look at the statistics without faith, we are in a crisis that this nation cannot survive. Because our Heavenly Father established it as family. A nation is foundation is the family. And fathers being fathers and mothers being mothers uh, in, in the place of the home. And yet the trend in the last 50, 60 years, okay, from 1960 to 1990, all right, um, in 1960, the fatherless were 70, 17% of the population. In 1990, it was 36%. So in that time, 30 years, it doubled. And we know in the 60s was when culture, it changed to me, myself, and I. And that's, the, and that's where fathers went, taking being selfish, concerned about this life, what do I need, rather than the eternal, what God has called us to be as fathers. And, and so it caused the trend of fatherlessness. And it's producing this society uh, that's broken. It has broken people. And, and the way that they uh, look to survive is through violence and suicide and uh, prostitution. Uh, the, the, the correction facility in Texas uh, has, has put out a statistic that in Texas, 85% of those that are in prison come from a fatherless home. And yet, we are living in the last days. And we are living in the time where the spirit of Elijah will come forth in this world. And we are living in the time when our Heavenly Father is turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And the hearts of the children back to their fathers. You know, that, that prophecy 
back in 19, beginning of 1960s wouldn't have seemed like much. They were, we would have even said, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What need is there for the hearts of the fathers to be turned? We look at it today, where it was 36 in 1990, where we're pushing 50% of our population fatherless. There is a need for a move of God in this hour. And the Holy Spirit is going to move upon fathers' hearts. The Holy Spirit is moving upon children's hearts. And it's all for in what He has declared and established under His kingdom and in His kingdom for the ushering in of His Son, Jesus, to rule and reign upon His throne forever and ever and ever. And we are seeing it and we will, continue, we will see it much, much more. Why? Because this is our Father's heart. Our Father's heart is to know His love that surpasses understanding. And when you know it, you can't, when you truly, truly know it, when you truly, truly understand it, you can't help but love Him with all of your heart, with all of your soul. There's no place else you won't dare walk out the door because there's no place else you want to be than in His arms and in His presence. And when you know the joy that surpasses all understanding and that is your strength, you can't help but make the right choices that your children knows what it means for the calling upon their lives to be a servant of our Heavenly Father. And it's awesome. It's just, it's just a gift. Fathers, you have a gift. And I just, uh, let's just, uh, we'll say, uh, Pastor, you want to uh, we'll bless the Father? We'll just bless the, uh, and, and you know, also, Paul is the one, you see, as they come down, remember Abraham. Look at the stars. All right? It was for the sons of Israel, but it got, we know that it went so much further. In the spiritual realm, because of the blood of Jesus, as we are saved by His sacrifice, we are told that we are grafted into Israel. We are grafted into the kingdom. So we too are part of that promise that I mentioned to Abraham. Now, I'm saying this because fathers who, who you don't look at yourselves as being a father or you don't know if you ever will be a father or even women all right, in this, Paul made it clear that he rejoiced in those that came to the kingdom under his ministry and by his teaching, we're walking in the ways of God because he was able to share with them when he lied down, when he rose up, when he, uh, you know, the, the love of God that surpasses understanding. He loved God with all of his heart. And he said, you who believe and are walking in this promise, you are my children. You are my treasure. You are my blessing. All right? A mighty, mighty calling upon all of us in that place. In, in the kingdom of God, of being spiritual fathers, it is the same responsibility uh, that we extend to others in that doing justice and loving mercy, uh, walking humbly before our God. And, you know, I, I, I want to stop. I've done probably too long already. But in that loving mercy, I just very forget. Oh, my goodness, the key, the key, the key to almost everything uh, is forgiveness. Oh, what I've learned, the richness and the sweetness and the freedom in being able to forgive. And letting your children see that uh, is, is a great, great blessing. So, uh, but let's just bless the Father. Let's bless spiritual fathers, earthly fathers. That's, we just, we, we're an awesome calling of God upon our lives. An eternal love relationship.